Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm Doug McCary of His Light Ministries and it is Thursday, April 13th and guest day on SWAT Radio. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And it was spawned out of SWAT Bible Studies. And uh, we've been on the air now for almost seven years and um, it's been a blessing to be here. And I get to interview really great uh, servants of the Lord, which is awesome. And uh, today I have one who is not only a, a fellow servant of the Lord, he's a fellow Marine. So that's always special to me. I love I love uh, my Marine Corps um, buddies. And, um, you know, there's just something about that common experience uh, that, that I can go through an airport, I'll see a Marine, and I'll do a oorah, and it's always returned, and they know somebody's got their back, and I know they got my back, you know, and that's the way it should be in the church, and uh, that's really why I started SWAT, uh, was to to try to bring that camaraderie uh, that we had in the Corps, but I'm excited today to have uh, David, Sergeant David Helling, uh, um, uh, Sergeant David Helling, you, you may know him as David Helling, the writer, director of the movie, His Only Son. And uh, David, welcome to SWAT Radio. Okay, hold on just a second, David. We're having a technical difficulty. Uh, what about now? Keep talk, talk. Let me give me a sound check. Yep. Can you hear me now? Yes, I got you. Now we're good. Sorry about that. Uh, so anyway, let me do that again. Welcome to SWAT Radio. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you for having me, brother. It's it's uh, it's a uh, it's great to be here. It's um it's a blessing to be able to be here. Uh, not only as brothers in Christ and uh, brothers uh, in the core. Um, and so yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation. Well, uh, David, you know, I, I I think I shared this with you. One, I really appreciate you being willing pretty short notice to come on it just happened to be a good week for you uh and like we both believe in it was a very sovereign thing god's sovereign over everything and so uh i pray that there's people listening whether they're in virginia mississippi uh, georgia out west in idaho or over in europe that will one be drawn to go see this movie that you have out i don't even know is it going to play in europe is it even playing over in europe anywhere it, uh, well, right now it's in Lebanon. It's actually number one in Lebanon, uh, as a matter of fact, if you can believe it. Um, right now I know they're talking about different – I saw somebody had posted something that they had seen it in Germany. Um, so I don't know if it is out there or not. I know they're talking to different um, different uh, regions as far as getting it out there. Um, there are a number of European regions I know for a fact that are talks, and it looks like they're pretty – um, we're pretty sure that they'll be out there probably sometime next month, but it, it, exactly how many, I'm not sure. And the ones that I do know, um, I don't know if I'm at liberty to share. Well, I, I know we have listeners over in England and I know they would love to see it. Uh, and so, uh, hopefully if you're in England, one thing you can do probably, I guess, is write Angel Studios and ask them to bring it there or write, go to your local 
theaters and try to get them to bring it there. Um, you know, Dave, just to let our listeners know, if you're in the Jacksonville area, it's playing at Cinemark, Tinseltown, and Regal Avenues through the 19th. And by the way, that is incredible because most Christian movies last about two days and they're pulled. And so, David, uh, thank you for your efforts to stay with this because I'm just thankful it's in the studios that long, that in the, in the theaters. That's awesome. Yeah, that's and it's 100% a testament of the the Lord's sovereign hand in it all and the Lord's grace in it all. Uh, because you're right, most um, when they're out for usually a day or two, uh, you know, uh, faith-based films, they usually come out in the form of a Fathom event. Um, but this was Angel Studios, and they and Angel Studios had previously done that with the Chosen in theaters as a Fathom event. But this was the first their first traditional wide release uh as uh, you know as the big blockbusters typically do um and it's holding over in a lot of theaters now now mario brothers came out this last <laughs> weekend and it kind of was this juggernaut that's been kicking everything out uh because it's 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 uh it it's brought in so many you know kids and families and stuff that uh, a lot of theaters well, i think we might be losing some of our spots in theaters so um if you if you see it in your area Go see it as soon as possible and, and tell others to go see it as soon as possible because, yeah, um, it, it's cool that in your area that it's going to be there till the 19th. That's great. That's a huge blessing. I know um, at least locally where I'm at in Texas, we're losing one of the theaters uh, this weekend, uh, but it's still going to play in the other theater, but at uh, at less show times, um, which, you know, it's, it's sad to see it go on its way out, but um, – but that's just how the business works. The, as more <laughs> films come in, the other, the older ones go out. And it's been out for two weeks now. So, well, it was uh, in more theaters, but like I said, it's in these. So, I just want to let our listeners know: in the North Florida, uh, South Georgia area, uh, Cinemark, Tinseltown, and Regal Avenues. And hey, I just have talked to a couple of people who are bringing their Bible studies to it. I know my wife did that, and. That's a great idea to do that and uh, to, to be able to, because then you can have conversations about it because one of the things just me and my wife talking, David, that was really cool is whether you intended for this to happen or not, people see it like almost like the, the Bible in a lot of ways, not that it's the Bible, but you do put verses from the Bible, you quote the Bible through it. And, you know, people come to it and there's so many different perspectives as they're watching the story unfold that people can get insights that can be an encouragement to other people just through what you, your directing brought to the screen. So thank you for that. Oh, well, I, I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I mean, that was, I wanted this to be a multi-watch experience because there's a lot of quote unquote Easter eggs, like they say, <laughs> you know, that are, that are in there. Um, that point to other parts of scripture, uh, that point to other principles um, that we that we see um, in history and uh, that that originated there in the life of Abraham. There's many things that when you watched it again and again, you should be able to catch more and more things. I've heard uh, actually the the guys that are the heads of Angel Studios, they at first saw it on, you know, on their laptop 
and they loved it and they wanted to they thought it was you know it was great to they wanted to put it in front of an audience uh, a theatrical audience for Easter and then when they put it before their their angel they call it the guild which is ten, uh, tens of thousands of previous investors and in other projects the guild unanimously I mean as they gave it one of the highest scores the guild has ever given any project that's ever gone through angel and they said that uh, that 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 it needed to be in theaters not only across the country but across the world but after seeing it and and thinking so highly of it uh after watching it on just a laptop when they saw it on the big screen they said no no this thing should not be seen on a laptop should not be seen on a phone this is supposed to be seen on the big screen and yeah. i've heard from them that uh one in particular he's seen it five times now and he said that it gets better every time he watches it and he said that that's so rare for a movie to do that for him. Um, and so that's a huge blessing that that it can have that sort of testimony. Um, and uh, again, just a total – it's just a full uh, testament and evidence of, of the Lord's hand in it because, you know, uh, that's not me doing that. That's the Lord doing that. Well, and I know that it has to be a little bit overwhelming because you, you had shared with me in a phone call when we were talking before the program about how – it's been a, a tough few years. This thing didn't just, you know, somebody didn't plop, you know, millions of dollars in your lap and say, go do this. Uh, it, it's been a tough journey for you. And now to see God blessing it and to see all the things happening, how have you handled um, the media, you know, all the interviews? Because I know we're just one of lots and lots of interviews you've been swamped with. I'm, I'm sure people are going, this is great. This is great. And there'll be a pressure to produce, you know, other great films now because this has been so well received. How are you walking through that aspect of the success of his only son? Yeah, it's, it's kind of been a whirlwind. You're right. Cause it wasn't like someone plopped a million dollars or millions of dollars in my lap. As a matter of fact, it's the complete opposite of that. We, you know, we did this. The hard cost of this film was less than a quarter of a million dollars. For anybody who sees the film, they'll see me say that before the film. Um, and so to get it to where it is, um, it required me working for years for free um, on the film. And, uh, and it's been a five and a half year long journey on this film alone. Um, not my my full biblical filmmaking journey has been nearly a decade and a half. And I'm sure we're going to get into that in a, in a little bit. Yeah. But um, but since it's come out, um, it's really interesting how the Lord works in all of it, because, you know, you as a filmmaker and when you have aspirations to do films, you're like, oh, you know, one day maybe I'll have something on the big screen and, you know, and, and do all these interviews and this and that and red carpet premiere. And you think about that and you and it's this exciting thought. And then when it's actually now happened, it really it's kind of numb and flavorless. It's really interesting. I, it's just the stresses of life all around. They continue um, yeah, because you're a dad, right? You're 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 a dad yeah, and and a husband, and so you 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 yeah, got yeah, responsibilities, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life life continues. You know, it's not like that. All yeah, there's there's things going on in life that they just they don't stop. So, um, you the the so the whole filmmaking thing. And the Lord uses those things. Um, I can see the Lord uses that to keep you humble. Um, to keep you focused on relying on fully on him. And, uh, and really, I like to say that the way that I've felt since the film has come out 
I felt like I'm going through the depths of the Red Sea. I'm walking mm -hmm. through the depths of the wet of the Red Sea, and it's walled up on both sides of me. And I'm just looking up, and all I can do is just look up in awe and know that I have nothing to do with this. This is all the Lord, and I just need to keep walking forward. And it, He's the one holding all this up. Um, it's not me, and uh, and so it's just it, it's it's all inspiring in in a sense, and and um, and. In a way, it's there's also a, an extreme somberness that came from uh, getting the film done because it's been a companion and really a best friend for so long um, through some very dark trials and in deep, deep valleys of my life. And this has been something that I've been able to walk with and ha and and have you know the the characters of the the, the the real life people that we find in the Bible of Sarah and Abraham and their testimony and uh, ministering to my heart through it all. And now that it's out there and I'm not continuing to work on it, it's a very weird feeling. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, so, but doing all these interviews, you know, with all of that, with that, with the, the, the thorns and the somberness and, the, um, and the, the constant busyness of one interview after another, after another, uh, it's just, <laughs> I don't know how uh, I'm really doing it. It's just the it's the Lord, um, really. Just it, it it honestly feels like just propelling me along because you come into these interviews and uh, oftentimes you're tired and ragged and but you know um, you just got to surrender it all to the Lord and 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 understand that He's sovereign over all of it and ask that He get you out of the way so the so that the people can see Him and not me and. Um, and he's been definitely uh, faithful in having that be the case. I think so. Um, yeah. It's, okay. So, so I have a to witness. I have a question for you. So, I know you started. I think back in eighteen, right? With this, two thousand and eighteen was when you around that time frame. Yes. 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 All right. So, that's that's you know almost five years to fruition, right? And when did you see? When did you watch the full, the first full edited, like ready to go product? Well, so now keep in mind, I edited this as well. So I was watching it in all forms. Um, so you were so watching all the way through, I, right? I mean, you were editing it. You were, you, you were kind of like Steven Spielberg, right? You did everything <laughs> or not Steven Spielberg. I mean, uh, James Cameron, you did everything. You like oh, wanted yeah. to do everything, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you had to do everything uh, for budgetary. Right? Now, granted, we had and I had my uh, my one of my best friends and my producing partner, Roman Medjinov, who's been by my side through all pre-production and stuff and really was uh, along the way with some hard logistics. And and uh, when we would go down and location scout down through the desert, he was kind of my battle buddy as, <laughs> of, of sorts and that. And then uh, and then when we would be casting, it was the same thing. He was by my side whenever I was casting, and and uh, he'd be reading with the actors while I would be watching the performances. And um, but then when it came to you know sewing the costumes, yeah, I did sew all most all the costumes myself. And with the edit, it was you know completely alone with the edit with the visual effects, um, and then kind of shepherding, uh, working alongside the composer and and uh, doing a lot of the sound design and then working with the sound designers and. So it's been a long journey, um, uh, but kind of seeing this all come to, together. Um, and when I started writing it, I mean, I started writing it five and a half years ago. Uh, and so to see it from edit to the first time I had the film 
cut, like the first rough cut of the picture full together with no visual effects. That was October of 2019. Wow. And so since then, I, then I began to work on the visual effects and there's over 325 visual effects shots. And it was pretty much a solid two years of working on the visual effects. And that included doing, you know, uh, all sorts of miniature models of tents of, of little pottery stuff of, uh, lamps of, um, the walls of Hebron and filming those things on green screen and then filming me and my dad and my brother on green screen as well as like background <laughs> shepherds and incorporating all those things, filming all the fire that you see in the film. Cause we didn't film any of that fire on location. So every fire bit of fire you see in the film is all added as a visual effect. So, wow. um, it, you know, there's a, there's just a lot of work that it. That so you've been a busy guy then for the last few years doing all that. Yes, sir. It's been, it's been quite a long, quite a long road. Well, so um let's talk a little bit about your start okay you you told me you grew up uh, in texas right uh uh it's where you or is that where you that's where you graduated high school right that's where i graduated high school i was born in in a, a grew up in louisiana uh for the until i was a teenager and then when i was a teenager i moved to texas and then i went through high school in texas and uh and then yeah got in the marine corps and, and went off to california I was in California for almost 15 years. Okay, so uh, did w did you grow up in a family of faith? Did you grow up in a Christian family, a family that took you to church and taught you the word, or 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 did you grow up in a family where that wasn't really important? Yes, well, my uh, yeah, so I grew up in a, a Christian home. Um, we went to church, and um, you know, I I went to church camp, and that, you know, did a. a VBS and, and, you know, we did our sword drills and all that kind of stuff. And, but, uh, but, and I asked Jesus into my heart, quote unquote, um, when I was eight years old at church camp, but really just, I was, um, kind of just living morally for moral sake and, and never really, I don't think I really ever got what the gospel was like the gospel really came alive to me when I was actually a Marine in Iraq. Cause when I joined the Marine Corps, I actually didn't go to church for about three years um, from the time that I joined until the time right before I went to Iraq. And, uh, and uh, by God's grace, I, I ended up when I was deploying, I ended up taking my Bible with me that I had been given when I was graduating from high school um, uh, from my pastor here. Uh, that was my childhood pastor. And, uh, and, and uh, my high, uh, even through high school, but uh, I was given actually this Bible right here. Um, it's been recovered since then. It's a MacArthur Study Bible, which has got great cross-referencing notes. Well, that's a uh, good so study I, Bible. <laughs> yes, it is top of the line. Uh, um, and so uh, I never knew how special it was, <laughs> and you know, uh, at the time, and because uh, I didn't crack it open for. Years. <laughs> years um and then um and then when i brought it with me to iraq i started um getting really convicted about sin in my life getting convicted about i called myself a christian but i didn't even read the bible um and uh, and so i didn't even know where to begin but i knew i needed to begin and so i started because my name is david i thought well what where i'll start with the life of david and so i started in first samuel and as i was reading through first samuel and um, in, in second Samuel and, and using the cross reference notes, uh, going back and forth to the gospels, to the epistles, and just really getting a 
clear picture of how deep my sin runs, of how totally depraved I actually am, and then how great the goodness of God's grace is through his gospel and what the truth of the gospel really is, you know, that 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 God says, be holy for I am holy. He created us without sin, but we went our own way. We sinned anyway. So for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, and you can never attain that holiness on your own. Once you sin once, you're guilty of it all. And so you can never be in the presence of a righteous and holy God. So what that righteous and holy God did in his kindness and his mercy, he descended, he condescended, he humbled himself and came down to live that perfect life through the person of Jesus Christ, through God the Son, live that perfect life that we can never live and attained that holy standard for us. But he was put to death anyway. He was put to death, the death that we deserve. Um, and so in so doing, he paid the penalty that we owe for the sin that we commit, which we owe. The wages of sin is death, and so we owe that death, but he paid the death. Mm -hmm. And so now in showing that, 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 that death has been paid, the penalty has been paid, and death has been conquered, he rose from the grave, which is the proof that death has no hold on those who— are in Christ. And so when we put our faith in Christ and his finished work alone, he covers us with his righteousness. Our sin and our death are put onto his account, and we are now able to stand in the presence of a righteous and holy God, righteous and holy by the righteousness and the holiness that has been imputed onto us by Christ and his finished work. And so all of that came alive to me there in 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 uh in one of Saddam Hussein's old missile bunkers there in Al-Ambar province in Iraq. And mm. um, and it was like I, it was one of those moments. It was like, wait, how did I never – I mean you always hear Jesus died for your sins, but how did I never get this before? How did I never understand what the gospel actually um, was? And uh, so when that came alive, and then actually while – so I continued to work my way through First Second Samuel. When I got to First Kings, and, and the Lord appears to Solomon in a vision and a dream and – so he says, you can ask me for anything, and Solomon asked him for wisdom so that he could rule his people well. And the Lord said, well, since you didn't ask me for wealth or for might or military might, I'll give you all that in abundance. But I'm going to give you wisdom more than anyone will ever have and who has ever had. And 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 I actually remember praying that to the Lord that if I could just have an inkling of of that wisdom that he gave to Solomon, just a piece of it that I could be used and by the Lord, and that my life wouldn't be lived in vain, and that I could, um, I I could point others to Him. That's what I wanted to do. And and it was during that that time there, those months that I was just digging into the Word, the 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 people that we read in Scripture came alive to me. Hmm. It was no longer just because reading is still difficult to me, mm -hmm. but the letters on the page were no longer letters on the page. It was real people living real lives um, in history, in God's redemptive plan. And and I thought, wow, if I could just illustrate to people what I'm seeing when I read this, then people who don't read it will see this and be drawn to read it for themselves and by God's grace have their eyes open to the truth of God's word, the, the truth of his gospel. And so that was the crooks of my life. It was the, the transition point of my life where I was going in. Well, I, I didn't even know where I was going to be going after the Marine Corps. Um, but then, 
I, uh, I had the strong desire to illustrate and exposit the biblical narrative through film. Uh, and so since then, I began the journey to do biblical films, which I've been doing now for the last decade and a half. That's awesome. Uh, you know, just I, I listened, uh, preparing for today's interview to several of your interviews, and I told my wife mm-hmm. one of the things that really struck me about your interviews was how much the word was a part of the interview the Bible. And in fact, just like you did a while ago, I asked you about your early influences and about stuff. You, you, you just preached a sermon. I mean, you're a preacher. I mean, you're, you're a preacher who's a filmmaker and a director. And, uh, I mean, you know, that, that's a great thing because one, you understand how to use the, the medium of movies today because God's giving you that, that training, but you have the heart of a preacher and it comes through. And I, I thank you for that, that, and I'm, I'm, my, my challenge is to always continue doing that and to be a disciple maker within the film industry to other guys who are like you, but may be more influenced by the world. Cause when I hear your story, what breaks my heart about that is it, and you know, God's sovereign over it all, but still there's such a lack of discipleship. Like from the time you said, yes, I want to follow you as a teenager Somebody should have been discipling you, you know, and teaching you verse by verse uh, and really helping you. And and we've lost that. I think we, you know, second Timothy two, two, you know, find people who will be faithful to find others. And, and, and David, I can honestly say listening to three interviews on other platforms, you're, you're discipling the people you're interviewing that are interviewing you and you're the people that are listening through the things you're saying, and I, I'm so encouraged with that. Why? Let me ask you this: Why the Marines? Why did you pick the Marines? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I I wanted to serve for a long since I was a kid. I, you know, I kind of had this sense of, um, you know, I needed to earn my own freedom, and yeah. who am I to just rely on the freedom that's already been earned for me? And and obviously, so that that I've got that deep set works righteousness that that <laughs> that I always have to fight against. But uh, but I wanted to do that. And then uh, you know, when I was in high school, nine eleven happened, um, and that kind of cemented it for me that I was like, okay, I'm going to serve. And then and then as I was talking to the different recruiters, and you find out well, the Marine Corps is the best branch, so it's like there was no choice. You right. go to the Marine yeah. Corps. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, it's got the the highest uh, uniform standards, the highest. Uh, haircut, haircut standards. Even though I, I, I really took that to the limit. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I always had a fresh haircut Monday morning, but uh, it was always zero, just around the hairline, and I take it to two and three quarter inches on top. You know, <laughs> as far as like so, and I actually had to write a paper on uh at the time it was uh, uh Marine Quarter Papa Ten Twenty Tech Thirty Four Golf, which I think there's it's another it's another letter now, which was the Marine Corps code. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's a, it a number of gunnies that didn't like my haircut, but, uh, but it was always within regulation. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, the uh, so the standards were were you know it was the, it was the toughest one to get into, and it was the highest standards, and, and you know, through the few the proud, and if I was going to do it, I wanted to go all the way. So um, that's why. Well, I I I I knew when I read your first bio before I went to the film, and I saw your marine. I go, okay, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. A Marine who, you know, uh, I don't know if you know Chad Robichaud, but I, I, I had Chad on. He, he's in Texas, too. Chad was one of the guys that rescued thousands of Afghanis after the, the collapse over there. He went over. Uh, he was oh, wow. a former recon Marine. 
And anyway, he says, if you want to be the best Marine you can be, the best anything, you got to be the Jesus follower first. And, uh, and so uh, I, I am, uh, I'm very thankful that uh, you are a former Marine. Well, of course, you're not really never a former Marine, right? You're always a Marine. That's what uh, yeah. I've, I've been told. Uh, yep. And so, hey, we're, we're going to have to take a break here for the news in um, just a second. But I want to let our listeners know, again, uh, David Helling is the writer and director and everything <laughs> a lot a lot a lot of the everything of uh his only son it's in theaters now you can go see it at cinemark tinseltown here in jacksonville regal avenues check your local theaters and uh, if it's not there go ask them if they can bring it there uh it is it is a great depiction of the abraham isaac story with uh I, i'm not going to say anything else go see it you'll see how he weaves in the gospel it's awesome awesome Hey, uh, we're going to be right back after this news break with more uh, from David. And uh, if you got any questions you want to email me, you can email me at askask at swatradio.com. We'll be right back after the news on SWAT Radio. Also at srnews.com, a federal appeals court ruling that the abortion pill Muffa-Pristone can still be taken for now anyway, but reduce the period of pregnancy when the drug can be taken and said it would not be dispensed by mail. U.S. applications for jobless benefits rose to their highest level in more than a year. The Labor Department says jobless claims in the U.S. for the week ending April 8th rose by 11,000 to 239,000 from the previous week. The four-week moving average of claims rose by 2,250 to 240,000. The number of applications remain at relatively low levels despite efforts by the Federal Reserve to cool the economy and job market in its battle against inflation. Correspondent Jeremy House. Stocks on Wall Street ticking higher following the latest sign that inflation continues to cool. The Dow is up 349 points. The Nasdaq adding 228. This is SRN News. Biblical insights from Harvest with Pastor Greg Laurie. I remember when I was a brand new Christian, someone said to me, Greg, the important... No active accidents, but there is planned construction to be aware of going on the Arlington Expressway westbound at North Arlington Road, blocking the left lane. Also, there's congestion on I-95 southbound near 8th Street. And there's congestion on the East Beltway, 295 southbound before St. John's Bluff Road. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 64. Friday, mostly sunny, high 84. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my... Uh, Biblical insights from whoa. Harvest. <laughs> Hold on, Dave. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was a... Uh, I told you we're having a little technical stuff. But anyway, uh, say a word. Let me see if I can hear you now. Nope. See, he's gone. He's gone. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know. We're having a problem with the, I think it's Zoom. I think it's the Chinese, actually. You know, it's what's going on here. They, uh, the, 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 I, 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 okay, I just heard him say something now. I think he maybe turned it up. 
Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. I got you now. Yep. We got it figured out. Okay. All right. So anyway, okay. that, that way we let people know we're live. This is not some pre-recorded, edited podcast. We we have those little glitches every now and then, but I love doing live, and I really appreciate you being on. Uh, we we were talking with David Helling, um, who is the writer director of uh, my uh, his only son, and uh, I have a couple of questions about the 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 movie itself okay uh why abraham like what what made you like when you have this vision over there in iraq uh of of using film why start with abraham well yeah so there was a there was a there's a big time jump from my desire to do biblical films and actually starting his only son there's about a decade of time between there um and but so I did a number of biblical shorts, um, and I'd written a number of biblical features that had never jumped from being a screenplay into being an actual in production film. Um, but uh, through my years of even actually, so when I left the Marine Corps, um, my wife and I had prayed about direction where the Lord was going to lead us, and the Lord opened up every door for us to go to San Francisco, um, and I went to the Academy of Art University there, and so began my build, biblical filmmaking journey right there in the heart of downtown San Francisco, um, which was which was fantastic because it's, it's like you're thrown directly into um, conversations with people that are completely different than you as far as me wanting to do biblical films and, and the different projects they were wanting to do or why they were there and wanting to be creative and artists. And, um, and so semester after semester, class after class, there was always gospel opportunities because the, I always had to explain why I was doing biblical films. And throughout those years of having those conversations with my non-believing friends, I saw time and time again, as I was doing other biblical shorts, like because I've done Adam and Eve, and I've done Christ and Satan in the Wilderness, I've done Christ and Only the Road to Emmaus, I've done the Nativity, I did like the whole Old Testament five minutes. But while having these conversations, time and time again, I saw this account in Genesis 22 be a common point of contention where non-believers could point at this and say, yeah, I want nothing to do with your faith. You worship a God who would tell a man to kill his own son. That's cosmic child abuse. No thanks. Um, and so I wanted to dig in to the text, exposit it, show what the Lord was doing in the life of Abraham, what he was pointing to mm -hmm. um, through, you know, in, in his in redemptive history, um, looking at the whole counsel of God, the whole Bible, to see what all was, what the Lord was doing there. Because there is an answer. The Lord is always good. He always has a purpose for the trial. He always has a purpose for the testing of your faith. And so what was it there in Abraham's life? And so I wanted to do that to be able to give an answer to the scoffers. But also I found, on the other hand, I found a lot of my brothers and sisters in Christ didn't know how to answer the scoffers in their own lives. So I wanted this also to stand as a tool that that my brothers and sisters in the Lord could use to answer the scoffers and the skeptics in their own lives as well. So that was my initial reason for mm. getting in and doing this film. And, and it, it has ministered to me in ways I could have never imagined the five and a half year journey that I've been on with Abraham. Well, that's like I, I share often as a Bible teacher who's teaching so often as you're preaching to yourself the very thing you're trying to convey to others it is very comforting and encouraging and and 
sometimes exhortive <laughs> in your own life as you're seeing truth portrayed in Scripture uh, of, and what God wants us to learn from that. And along those lines, um, you know, I have a question directorially. Is that right? Is that a question? Is that a, is that a word, directorially? Oh, yeah. uh, 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 so when you were trying to show Abraham, were you, from your perspective, were you trying to show that the testing was testing if he had made an idol of Isaac? Because a lot of people say that when, you know, the t- purpose of the test was because he had made an idol of Isaac. Uh, or was it testing if Abraham would trust God instead of himself, like with Hagar, you know? So I'm just interested in your what you were trying to portray um, I, because I, I know my thoughts on it, and I'm just curious because I know what I saw, but, again, we bring our own prejudices a lot of times to it. So I'm curious what you were trying to portray there. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't, I didn't go into it as far as an, him making an idol of Isaac, but really him uh, testing and making an example of Abraham and this memorial stone in Abraham's life um, that was this event um, that would echo through the generations to point to Christ. Um, but to, to also, because Abraham has always had to walk in obedience, not seeing where he was going. I mean, Hebrews 11 talks about that. It talks about, you know, he's going, uh, uh, not knowing where he was going by faith. He, you know, he went on and, and he was looking for a city who's uh, building what and, and uh, foundation is God. Um, and uh, so to explore that hard walk of obedience when you, when you, don't exactly know how the Lord is going to come through, but we know that he had faith that he would come through. Mm -hmm. We know that in Hebrews 11 and 17 through 19, it says, believing that God had the power to raise the dead by faith, he laid down his only begotten son. So um, there is a, there is a, you know, an exploration that can be done. Because so many people, and I've seen some criticism where they look at that and like, oh, you know, this is just adding extra drama. And, <laughs> and, and Abraham wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been conflicted at all. It says that he had knew that God had the power to raise the dead. It's like, yeah, well, the God man, Jesus Christ knew from redemptive history because he is the eternal God. He's the creator of all things. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the one who put the place of salvation in place in the first place. And yet he's in the garden saying, let this cup pass from me. Yeah. Not my will, but yours be done. So he's sitting there agonizing that walk of obedience. And he's fully God, fully man in that moment. He's the eternal God. <laughs> he sees the end from the beginning. So much so that even under the full pain of the Roman crucifixion uh, and the Roman execution, he's able to cry out with a loud voice mm. when he's being asphyxiated <laughs> and, and quote, scripture to tell people to go hey look go look at psalm 22 because this is exactly what's going on right now oh oh and also to fulfill all all scripture i thirst uh, so he's, <laughs> he's fully knowing all things in that moment but yet in the garden he was still saying let this cup pass from me and you think abraham would have been boldly i know what the lord's gonna do so i have no worries at all yeah right okay you, you let me see how your obedience walk is going in your own life uh, uh, well you know you and yeah, i we, uh, we, we we grew up you and i grew up both in the south 
and we grew up going to church in the South. And one of the things that I have appreciated about both your movie and The Chosen was kind of the humanity of the actors. I mean, not the actors, but the, the, the characters that, you know, are portrayed in both your movie and The Chosen itself. Because to be honest, I had never really thought about the, the struggle of Abraham because that. You know, because it was like this, well, you know, he did it right. He, he, you know, he had faith and all this. But I, I, I look now at my own life, and I, I dare say even you with your daughter, knowing what you know, reading the Bible, knowing how it unfolded, and knowing all the truth you and I know, if we were tasked to do what he was tasked to do, we would still struggle. And we have much more revelation than he had, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, in, 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 and in a sense, yes, even with him having us having much more revelation, um, he was no different than we are I know. today in the sense that he was going forward um, and all he had to hang on to was the promises of God, mm-hmm. was God's word. He had to walk by faith, knowing that God promised that the seed would come through Isaac. So he had to walk by faith in that we walk by faith in our deepest darkest trials holding on to the promise that when we're in Christ he's working all things together for our good mm-hmm. um so it we our faith walk is the same because mankind is the same the same faith Abraham had in Genesis 15 Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness it was by grace through faith alone because that righteousness that he had was was imputed to him it was the righteousness of christ because the cross goes both ways just like it it was two thousand years ago for us it stretches to us today and it was two thousand years after abraham but it stretched to abraham back then Mm. um and so the faith that he had is the same faith we have today because the god that he had is the same god we have today yeah well so it's something to keep in mind when when you look at any of these people that we read about in scripture well uh you know I, I, again, you need to go see it. It, it is, it is, it's got, it's got things that make you think and, and about Abraham in ways that I haven't really thought. I appreciated the servants that you brought, you know, Eliezer and his, and the, and the other servants, the interaction there. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the aspects about Abraham that you bring out there that we don't necessarily think about a lot is the fact that he did struggle with his humanity. He did fail. And I'm sure he, he was aware of that failure, but we don't think about that. I can honestly say until I saw your movie, I mean, I did, I mean, I know I thought he and Sarah failed because they chose to go that way, but I haven't really thought about him being the responsible one and bearing that burden in the beautiful part of your portrayal of it, of one aspect there where he comes to that realization. And again, I'm not going to tell you, you're going to have to go see it because it's powerful. It was one of David. I think it was one of the most powerful scenes was when he comes to that realization and he would rather anything than what he's got to do, but he's not alone. And that's all I'll say. I mean, but it is, it is a, it, it is a powerful powerful scene thank you for bringing that you know part out uh because i didn't expect that there and it was really good it was a good 
good surprise and it it brought my wife to tears it was a really beautiful part so yeah it's um that 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 scene in particular actually predates the film because that that was a i wanted to have that i mean predates even like the script i wanted to have that scene in there even before i had gotten to that place in writing the script because it's such a perfect picture of where we all are mm -hmm. Well, and that death, and, and you know, death reminds us, you know, and I appreciate the, the interaction between the servant and Abraham, uh, you know, that the, the interaction there, I mean, that was very creative, but it was good because it, it brings up, you know, that everybody kind of understood sacrifice that way. And that one particular line that you threw in there that, wow, it must've been something bad <laughs> cut to, but to have to go so far. That was really good to bring that out because I think we forget today in our culture that, uh, our sin requires a sacrifice. It really does. So, uh, that was, that was really, uh, good. It, it, I think, I think you said what the line was, it must be, it must be a great sin or a great wrong or something because, uh, to require such a sacrifice to go. Um, mm. um, anyway, yeah, to, uh, to, to travel, yeah, I think Escalon says, yeah, to travel so far seems more <clears> like some act of penance for some great sin. Yeah. Says, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, a question about how you chose what to portray in here, because if you look at the life of Abraham, oh my gosh, you got the story of the battle of him and the Kings. You got the story of Lot. You got the story of the, the, the three strangers that come up and there's so many things that, you know, you could have chose any or all of them, and I know you're limited to, to an hour and a half, two hours. How did you come to the conclusion of what we saw in His Only Son? Yeah, well, so we're also limited. I was limited by budget, so you have to look at I mean, There's things that maybe I would have, um, had we had a little bit more budget and we would have been able to shoot for longer, I might have incorporated other scenes. However, I had to to keep it down as concise as possible that every, because it is a dual you're getting at, there's a dual narrative of source in one hand, you're making your way with Abraham, Isaac and the two servants on the three day journey to Mount Moriah. And on the other hand, through flashback, you're reliving all the promises of God um, that, that as, as Abraham and Sarah had to wait the decades for, for the birth of Isaac. And so Every flashback is pointing to something that's going on in the main track, or it's point like e they're pointing to each other. If you realize, like the flashbacks all kind of have to, you know, you go in and out, and they kind of almost speak to each other as you go in and out. A lot like in the Passion and, uh, of of the Christ, uh, how he he kind of yes, what, yes, did that have right. any influence on you at all? Uh, that movie. Well, yeah, I mean, the, so the passion, obviously, that's kind of like the, I mean, that's the, that's the mile marker, that's the milestone <laughs> that you you try to reach for as far as when you're doing biblical films. And um, uh, I mean, I love uh, Mel Gibson's one of my favorite filmmakers, um, and uh, I love Braveheart. I love the passion. Uh, obviously, I I disagree with him theologically uh, with uh, some of the some of the doctrine. Uh, that is in the passion, but as far as his storytelling ability, mm -hmm. um, I love uh, him. Uh, my heart really 
resonates with him just as a man because you can see that even though there's doctrinal differences in the passion i know solid brothers in the lord that i agree with doctrinally that ended up coming to christ i've heard this testimony more than one i think like three times <laughs> that came to christ after seeing the passion that they saw the passion it was so heavy on them and somebody actually shared the gospel with them when they came to christ mm -hmm. because that was the doorway that the lord used and to see how big of a monument that was to get people speaking about the gospel back in 2004 and to see how much satan attacked mel gibson and his life oh. and his family and for for not just then but like for years and years and years to follow and 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 uh my heart just breaks for him mm -hmm. i'd love to one day just sit down and have a conversation with him as far as um uh, because I mean I, I understand that uh, to a degree now having gone through this journey of his only son um, myself, um, but I can see there's a yearning in Mel Gibson to want to do things right, mm -hmm. um, and that resonates a lot with me. Uh, but 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 what he his the, his his style of visual storytelling there is a lyrical nature to the storytelling in the passion, um, which is how I also like to to tell films, um, you know, using a lot of off-timed um, uh, picture, like so shooting a lot of things in, in slow motion, uh, having music drive things, uh, having, uh, you know, uh, just just the way that, that movement takes place, color palettes. Um, I like a lot of that. But yeah, the passion, it, it is very interesting. After I had written the script, it was, it became very apparent that, that his only son is, is, is very similar and actually some of the early reviewers of uh of his only son compared it to they said they said it's actually his only son is the chosen meets the passion <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. and uh and so because with the passion you're making your way up mount moriah yeah <laughs> it's the carrying the cross up mount moriah um and you're going back and forth through flashbacks leading up to this moment but as you're making the journey up Mount Moriah, and his only son is the journey to Mount Moriah and up Mount Moriah while you're going back and forth through flashbacks of seeing the getting the backstory along the way. Um, so, yeah, so it's very much the same as far as this, the storytelling structure of the films are very similar to one another. Um, so, yeah, but uh, and that, yeah, I love Mel. Love also Ridley Scott as well. I think Ridley Scott is one of the – is like the king world builders when it comes to this, you know, to cinema. Um, I like a lot of his films as well. But, uh, but yeah, go ahead. So th those were some of the influences, at least film-wise. I mean, you could see some of the similarities there, and it was, it was really good. Um, what about theologically influences? Was John MacArthur an influence in your life? John MacArthur, <laughs> Michael MacArthur study Bible. That's what I still got right here, and I've got the Legacy Standard Bible right here, which is the. Yep, I got it too. I mean, he's he's been probably one of the biggest influences in my life, by the way. So that's why yeah. I was really encouraged to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, I I figured that actually. Uh, whenever you when we had our first phone call the other day, and you just said, "Oh, you said I." You know, I'm a little uh, leery, or I don't know if that's the word you use of like, you know, uh, media when it first comes out. But then I had to do a little research. <laughs> then I went to, and he's like, and, and you were like, oh, I don't know the, uh, you know, your 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 theological influences, or I was like, ah, MacArthur guy. <laughs> I knew it as far as just as far as your discernment. Um, but uh, but no, yeah, Pastor John, uh, he, um, he, 
uh, has been probably the chief influence uh, in my in my walk um, as far as my growth and understanding of God's word, um, both both primarily and secondarily, because uh, so I had my MacArthur study Bible in in Iraq. I had no idea who John MacArthur was. And then when I came back and had that desire to do biblical films, moved up to the San Francisco Bay Area, moved to Walnut Creek and and my church that we that we ended up getting plugged into there. Um, and I was uh, I served there and was actually on staff there for a number of years, ended up being on staff there. Um, uh, well, we were there for about 10 years. It was called North Creek Church in Walnut Creek, California. And it is a it is a church that is there's a lot of uh, uh, well, uh, Pastor John, another John, uh, John McNeff was the senior pastor there um, and the pastor beneath him, who's now senior pastor, Kent Dresdo. So Kent Dresdo is a master seminary grad. Oh, there you and, go. <laughs> uh, you know, which is MacArthur's. There's a lot of master's grads there at that uh, at that church. Um, and uh, and uh, John McNeff was a Talbot Seminary grad, which is where, where MacArthur yeah, got his degree. And actually, they both studied under Dr. Charles Feinberg, um, who was MacArthur's mentor, who was one of the he was the uh, he was the the Old Testament the chief he oversaw the Old Testament translation of the New American Standard Bible. And actually, his his daughter, uh, Miss Lois uh, Gosenbach, she actually attends North Creek Church. So, as far as there's a lot of and and I actually saw MacArthur. First time I saw MacArthur preach in person was at the church at North Creek, and they are so diligent there about, like you said, Second Timothy two about the the teaching others to teach others um and that aspect of discipleship they were so diligent and i mean they would they would not only from the pulpit teaching verse by verse exegetically but but then in the life stage groups you'd be working verse by verse and then in community groups they make sure that you're in community groups which home fellowship groups you're going through scripture there as well and then on wednesday nights they would have you know they they give basically college level courses that you could take for a full semester like either in the fall or the spring you know they'd have uh i took uh you know hermeneutics um and 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 they even teach homiletics um and uh bibliology of how we got the bible church history life of christ life of paul life of peter um and uh and all of these rich doctrinal classes um and so i i owe so much of my growth in the lord and doctrinally from my time there um at um at uh at, at north creek church and then i've been able to go to grace a community church in uh, sun valley you know in southern california which is macarthur's church where he's preached since 1969 i've been able to go there a number of times um and uh and yeah i still listen to macarthur multiple times a week sometimes some weeks it might be every day you know because he's got the grace to you app and you can just oh it's, isn't that awesome well, well well you know phil yeah. johnson phil johnson did our retreat last yep, year yep. phil phil uh, so we we oh, he's okay. been on here many times to a quick story about john oh, john yeah. john was speaking here back in the 90s i was an fbi agent so I cold called his hotel room because I knew he was in town for a conference. Never met him before. Listened to him through his tape ministry. And God was calling me to leave the FBI. And I just was trying to figure out that seeking wisdom. So I cold called his hotel room and uh, went down to the lobby. And he came down for 15 minutes and just really affirmed what God was saying to me uh, 
you wow. know, and it was really cool. And so he's he's just been a huge influence. So I was excited. I knew I could almost tell, but I wasn't sure. I knew you had either John or somebody like a John who was verse by verse and so committed to the scriptures. You know, like him or not, whether you like John or not, he you, you got to preach the scriptures as long as he has. It's been an amazing thing. And so, hey, listen, we just got a couple of minutes left. I want to tell our listeners one more time, Cinemark, Tinseltown, Regal Avenues here in Jacksonville until next Wednesday. So get a group together, go see his only son. And by the way, you can go to Angel Studios and pay it forward for people in other places that may not be able to go uh, pay for it. If you pay it forward, they give them free movie passes for people. They can sign up for it. So uh, another uh, connection we have is Ray Comfort, uh, too. I heard you mention his name on an interview. Uh, Ray, I've known Ray a long time. Yeah, lot of work with those guys over here actually and i've just now helped book i'm going to be going and uh helping them shoot the next season of way of master oh that's awesome Hey, sorry, we, I got to cut you off, David, but listen, thank you for today. David Helling, pray for him. Oh, and